recently I've been thinking a lot about what is a modern man. What does it look like to be a man in his power as a leader in a society and sexually as well? What does it mean to be conscious, spiritually awakened and very sexy man? And there is a lot of um, lot of stuff out there, you know, where yeah. people are told this is what you need to be doing or this is what you what you have to be like and and i'm really excited that today i have a, a really great honor and opportunity to start, uh, to speak with uh, mikey brackett who is a therapist and a creative and also an energy healer he's a, he's a healer of old core wounds and uh, before i forget i better introduce myself as well so my name is anne Bland. I'm your tantric sex and relationship coach and the host of this podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Welcome, Mikey, and, and thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So what do you have on Modern Man? What's your, what's your, you're a man and, and in terms yeah. of your clients, you know, what do you see in the society? What, what do you have on Modern Man? Oh man, that's a big question. Um, but I, I think the way I like to lead into questions like this is to talk about where I come from. Um, yeah. And so the, the thing that I'm deeply excited about in my own lineage um, in regards to what I do as a coach and a therapist is that if you trail my lineage back just a few uh, generations through the men that I am connected to who have mentored me and influenced my life, it goes straight back to Carl Jung. Um, which wow. is pretty cool. That is pretty um, so, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really Oh my cool. goodness. Um, so oh, wow. when I, I, I like to preface that because a lot of what I speak from comes from that lineage. So we have Carl Jung, who trained a man named James Hillman. And James Hillman worked with and was friends with and collaborated with and you know did trainings with a guy named Robert Bly, who my current mentor, I learned a lot from Robert. Uh, but then Robert also worked with my current mentor for over 30 years, doing all kinds of men's work, um, from conferences to uh, events to private teachings to therapy and everything like that. And my current mentor, John, um, you know, comes right out of that as well. Um, and John and Robert and James, uh, as well as another man named Michael Mead and a few other people are responsible um, I think most people, if you're not familiar with Robert Bly, will say he's the one that started the modern men's movement. Um, and so I like to bring that into the equation because when we start talking about what it means to be a man, to be a modern man, anyone who says anything uh, in our current world can say what they say because Jung trained Hellman, Hellman and Bly collaborated started this thing out of nothing in the late 70s and 80s and then that led into you know the spaces that we have um so they started the conversation really and they started the conversation by looking at mythology as a signal point or a, a post for men to start to look into history and generational themes to try to make sense of themselves uh, and so whenever I talk about modern man, I like to go back to those places because, you know, humanity in some ways uh, hasn't changed too much. Um, but really? we like to think that, 
Yeah, I think so. I, I kind of uh, that that depresses me in somewhat because I would sure. have liked to 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 uh, kind of have the feeling at least that we are mm-hmm. evolving, and I'm I'm just talking about oh, human sure. race, uh, so mm-hmm. not just just men and penis on bodies, but actually really yeah. <laughs> going, you know, for a higher consciousness level where we are more sure. aware what what happens in ourselves, mm-hmm. in our bodies, in our body mind, but also in the societies mm-hmm. and. So you're saying yeah. we haven't evolved that much. Yeah, and and I would maybe add to that that we are evolving, right? Like it's very clear to see that the kinds of conversations we can have, the things that are more common knowledge are definitely healthier in diff- different spheres and definitely more aware of consciousness. Um, and at the same time, I say we haven't changed much because you can look at the Yoga Sutras or even like the tantric texts and realize that they were talking about a lot of the same stuff that we're still trying to figure out. That's true. Um, That's absolutely true. And I think I, I I was speaking about that not very many episodes ago where I was really blown by the idea that 5,000 years ago, there was a tantric practice for women called jade pleasure, yeah. jade egg. Yeah. That really was about healing and empowering and having that sovereignty in your own sexuality mm-hmm. as a woman or pussy on right. body. And 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 then all of a sudden we've just kind of giving it up and outsourced it to a man or mm-hmm. a partner or mm-hmm. even to the religion mm-hmm. or to the society or porn, even this is how it should like should should look like and sound like and be like. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. we are coming back to this very old tradition that neuroscience yeah. is actually confirming. How do we heal yeah. from, for instance, sexual trauma? So that's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I think that's I think that's thing that blows my mind so much about it is I have a, a lot of training in yoga uh, and yoga psychology, and you know, reading through the yoga sutras or even learning about uh, tantra and things like that. Because I I learned from a person named George Feuerstein about tantra, and it's it's kind of bizarre um, to look and be like, oh yeah, we're not asking too many different questions. And these people, you know, thousands of years ago had figured something out that we haven't. Uh, yes, we have new tools and different ways of understanding it in different layers and levels. Uh, and there's a, I think, a more interesting path that's opened up for us to evolve and to come into consciousness and to reclaim our bodies and to trust intuition more and things like that, which maybe wasn't available then. Um, but I've learned so much from these ancient texts and these ancient perspectives, and it's really radical and profound to see that something like the chakra system is directly in line with the endocrine system. And we didn't discover Indeed. the endocrine system until you know 200 years ago. Yeah, uh, But they already had figured it out. Exactly, exactly. It it is mind blowing, and I it's kind of reaffirming as well that what we do as um, coaches mm-hmm. and you as a therapist is is something mm-hmm. that is based on science, but also in this beautiful ancient yeah. wisdom as well. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure, sure. How old are you? I'm thirty seven. Okay, you you are yeah. so much younger. So you you are in that kind of generation where. Men can, you know, obviously do yoga and be different. I mean, when I was young, um, mm-hmm. there weren't that many men doing yoga, for instance. And and you've sure. kind of grown grown into that, presumably, because mm-hmm. there's been 
availability to to do these things and study mm-hmm. alternative ways and and look at spirituality. One of the things that sure. I really would like to take this on uh, this discussion is about uh, since you are also familiar with tantric principles and especially the masculine energy and the feminine energy. And mm-hmm. what what what? And I suppose this was what we discussed before was that there there is this kind of understanding about especially when we talk about men that there mm-hmm. needs to be this warrior archetype mm-hmm. that needs to be pushing through and there's a lot of online programs about that there's a lot of um what i would say maybe misunderstood issues but i'd like to hear what you say what you have to say about that and and maybe even define what that warrior archetype normally is, is understood as if we start from that? sure, yeah, I think uh, maybe a good place to rewind to and pick up from is that idea that um, you know Carl Jung began to try to make sense of the self, the greater self, capital S, and he broke that into down into multiple points. And one of the things that was a core aspect of his ideology or his concept of the self was what's called the anima or the animus. And those are just different ways of referencing the masculine and the feminine um, in a larger principle energetic sense. And so every self has those dynamics within them. Uh, And in the masculine world, from the Jungian perspective, we focus on the archetypal energies that are predominantly masculine or feminine in nature. And so in the masculine realm, easiest way to break some of this down is by looking at some core masculine archetypes there's a lot of archetypes in general um, but the core four that are most commonly referenced are the king the warrior the magician and the lover and i really have seen in my work as a therapist and a coach and as a man who's worked in the men's work spaces for a long time as well as has been mentored by the very people that started the movement Um, I've seen that um, because of the wounds, the psychological core wounds that we carry as people, especially men, there has been an overemphasis on certain archetypes, that being the king and the warrior, because of the assertive, tangible, felt sense of power that comes with those when they're healthy, um, that has been over fixated on in the men's workspace because of a compensation for the the pain and the fear that's under the surface. Uh, And so a lot of these programs, like you're saying, and I've seen this too, and I was even talking with my mentor, John, about this earlier this week, um, that there's a, there's a big emphasis, especially in the West. And since I'm in the United States, it's very easy for me to focus on this culture because that's what I know um, that a lot of men are resistant to doing deeper work uh, when it isn't something that they can measure. And unfortunately, because the king and the warrior archetypes carry a lot of external energy um, and external focus on some level, a lot of men are drawn to those things when they start to try to heal, um, but then they get stuck in trying to be, quote unquote, a king or trying to be, quote unquote, a warrior. Uh, to their own demise because they inadvertently um, and maybe even consciously exclude 
two other major archetypes, that being the magician and the lover. Um, and I could talk about that for a long time, but the reality of the warrior archetype is it's just one of many, and it's meant to be integrated with every other archetype. So when men, or we as men, since I identify as a man, focus too much on the warrior and end up excluding these other archetypes and don't seek to connect in and integrate the positive side um, or what is called like the bipolar positive aspect of these archetypes, we end up really getting ourselves into scary, you know, psychological territory. Uh, and then we open ourselves up more readily uh, to what's known as the bipolar shadow or the shadow side of these archetypes that we're so fixated on. Um, and that's one of my big critiques is that a lot of men get into this work. They're not willing to go as deep as they need to go because it's scary. It's unnerving. It's not predictable. It's not measurable. And so they go into these retreats or these programs that fixate on being, you know, a strong, capable, tough, efficient, emotionally in tune man from this warrior or king sort of energy. And they end up just kind of perpetrating the same cycles that wounded them in the first place with just a, you know, a different level of, you know, insight or healthy language to use to compensate for the things that still feel unnerving on a deeply psychological level. Thank you for that. And I, I can't uh, agree more because it's, uh, it's something I've seen as well in, in the society, but also in my practice where there is very, as a men's sexual coach, it's easy to, to see that they are going into that external thing because that's how the society has been built on. Men mm -hmm. need to be the doers, the, the one who get things done and, and have the, the achievements and the goals. But actually trying to work with people with that lover side and the magician, mm -hmm. you know, how do you use your energies and how do you use your sexual magic to manifest mm -hmm. rather than pushing through and rather than, you know, mm -hmm. uh, having that kind of goal oriented thing and actually learning to flow more. And how do you become the best lover your mm -hmm. uh, partners have ever had? I think that's the kind of clientele I work at the moment, but I've seen definitely mm -hmm. This and I and it's it's interesting how you explain it because I suppose I'm a bit guilty of of labeling things as kind of oh that but that's a bit toxic you know you shouldn't be doing you know sure. that kind of, but but it's it's obviously me kind of projecting things that okay let's just see what it is they are archetypes mm -hmm. what you just mm -hmm. said and they they need to be integrated and and obviously from my training I do a lot of integration work with the shadow parts. Whatever yeah, there is that is obstacles to having the sexual life that you want. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's more like inner child work. So it becomes kind of inner family system type of what's the inner masculine, like what's the inner feminine, the inner child. But this is, I find this really fascinating because I see so much warrior training at the moment. It is all about, you know, climbing the mountains literally and, and doing yeah. all that hard physical work and setting yourself really tough goals and and you have the community to backing up so tell mm -hmm. me a little bit more about how that actually is extenuating the the core wound because you're a core wound healer 
So how, you know, mm-hmm. going into these warrior trainings, is it just to bypass the actual core wounds? Is that what you're talking about? That you you seem to be doing something that is actionable, that is measurable, that is actually uh, celebrated by the community of the like-minded people and your trainer, whoever coach or, or whoever the leader is, is teaching you. Is it is it more like, bypassing and not wanting to you said you mentioned that it's it's scary so mm-hmm. tell me a little yeah, bit about, I mean, more I, about that yeah i mean what i've seen consistently and i've had thousands of conversations with men and have and women around these these things and it, it yeah we could say it's bypassing because what's happening is you know one of the things i try to do with making sense of core wounds because they can feel pretty ubiquitous and hard to like know what to do with and you know i can say to someone you need to kill your core wounds so your life gets better and they're like well how do i do that what even is a core wound and and so i like to break down the the uh aspects of some wounding to make it feel a little bit more tangible um but the core masculine wound tends to be a wound of identity of who am i and that can translate into a lot of different things but when we don't when we have a wound to our core sense of self, that personal and communal identity that helps us navigate the world, what we end up doing is we build our lives around trying to unconsciously disprove the wound's messaging that comes through what happened. Um, So I have a program called Healing the Father Wound, and I have another one called Healing the Masculine Within. And one of the things that I help people walk through in that program is understanding that your core wound wasn't just a thing that happened. And then therefore you just got like a scar from it, psychologically, physically, whatever. It's something that happened that also carried with it a momentum, a trajectory, a messaging, uh, a sort of um, label, if that makes any sense. Uh, and so not only do we experience a core wound to our identity with the masculine wound, we then are also carrying within ourselves the pressure, the need to disprove that wounding, the compensation for that wounding. Um, Sigmund Freud talked about what he labeled as repetition compulsion. And repetition compulsion is basically a concept that says when you have something that happens that hurts you, you will unconsciously try to recreate that situation um, so that you can interface with the information of what happened to try and overcome it. Uh, But it was called a repetition compulsion because the reality is, well, whatever wounded you psychologically hit you in a place that you weren't resourced enough to do anything with. So if you unconsciously recreate situations where that's playing itself out again, you're just going to further wound yourself and get stuck in these compulsive tendencies to find yourself crying on an unconscious or subconscious level to like heal, but not being unable to. Um, And so much of the process of what seems to happen psychologically for us because of our core wounding is that we get into a reactive mode. So if uh, one of the common themes that I see with the masculine wound is that people feel a sense of not being enough. That seems to be a big thematic 
reality. Is that for men as well? Uh, yeah, men and women. Because that that definitely, I hear that a lot from women that I'm not yeah. enough or I'm too much. There's a, you know, especially mm-hmm. after the Me Too movement, women have been starting to say that I'm too much, people can't handle me. And right. uh, and with the with the men, it's like, I suppose, again, with Me Too movement, it's, it's emasculated lots of men. They don't know, as you said, mm-hmm. who am I as a man anymore? I don't know if I can open right. a door for a woman or not or put a suitcase right. on, a, on a train. Um, sure. You know, or not, and it's it's kind of a very pragmatic thing where where people feel very lost, and and when we come to the mm-hmm. sexuality, that's that's really mm-hmm. quite toxic. Well, here's the word again. I should stop using that word, yeah. not, not labeling anything. But it's it's that kind of a way where where you don't know when what what do mm-hmm. you do as a man, and there is a lot of right. you know, especially with the with the pleasure gap, orgasm gap mm-hmm. with women. That eighty percent of women say that I I fake or I don't get an orgasm from intercourse. You know that puts a mm-hmm. lot of pressure on. Just going back to that lover sure. uh, archetype, that there there is a lot of um, stigma and a lot of pressure for p- performance, mm-hmm. and especially with the porn as well. So so there is there is something that I can see that. Mm-hmm. What you just said that men also feel that they're not enough, but I haven't heard them actually voicing mm-hmm. that. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, um, but it makes sense. It makes sense as a core wound. You know, am I enough? And and mm-hmm. especially what, what I like to pick up, we said earlier that Freud said repetition compulsion. I would like to challenge that terminology. Wouldn't that actually mean uh, a trauma healing, that you actually need to finish the trauma or the stress cycle to be able to mm-hmm. heal? And obviously, if you if you're not resourced enough, as you said, in the first mm-hmm. place, but there is that compulsion to repeat that all the time. But mm-hmm. if you if you're talking about trauma healing, surely you then have the opportunity to finish the stress cycle and actually do the even if it's micro movements, if it's you know allowing sure. the emotions to to come come through, and and but if you're held in a safe space by somebody who can mm-hmm. help you to resource and get through that stress cycle so that it doesn't become any more competitive uh, uh, compulsion to repeat it but actually healing experience wouldn't wouldn't that be the kind of more modern way of explaining what freud was talking about there if we talked about healing that you finish the stress cycle you will then be able to self regulate better and come back to the norm- normalcy rather than keep being compulsive does that do, do i make any sense yeah yeah it does make sense and i would say yeah i, I do a lot of somatic work with my clientele uh, and and a part of healing traumatic memory and traumatic traumas that are stored in your body does come back to meeting the body or the psyche or even like you said earlier inner child or younger parts of ourselves in those places of trauma and allowing them to move through those somatic realities that have been kind of stuck in their body in a way that's resourced that's safe it allows them to maybe complete per se one aspect of the physiological and psychological cycle that's there. Um, And I would also say, and I said this to a friend who does a lot of men's work the other day um, because he has been struggling with his own wounding and how it has shown up in, you know, um, doing lots of men's retreats or doing lots of men's programs or doing lots of polarity work, but not actually getting to the core wound. And just told him that, you know, 
a part of the healing process in this is to recognize that so many of the symptoms and struggles that you're experiencing are ways in which your soul is trying to get your attention to the wound and how it needs your your support there. And so a big part of the work, the real men's work, I believe, is to daily learn how to show up for yourself, with yourself, and with other people to meet them in those places to validate and hold the pain, whether that be shame or trauma or this, that, or the other, and therefore be able to step in as a good father or a good figure or a a resource part of yourself as the you here and now and help those younger, maybe frozen in time type of parts do what they needed to do or at least reassure them that you're going to be able to do. And this is not a like forceful thing, which again goes back to that idea of so much of this masculine energy is very forceful of like, Yes. Well, I did all this. And so I've proved yes. that I'm tougher. I did all this and I've shown that I'm more capable or I've done all this and I've manifested all this stuff. And so much of that just keeps people wounded and tired because even though it sounds good and even though it seems healthier and it probably, you know, qualitatively is drastically healthier than lots of things out there, it's still a proving and a trying to prove your worth and trying mm-hmm. to prove that you're enough instead of sitting with the process where you don't feel like enough because you've been hurt. And as long as you ignore that hurt and don't lean into that, those feelings of not enoughness, you're going to constantly try to create things in your life to avoid it. And that might look really healthy. It might look on the outside really healthy, but it's going to keep you stuck. Exactly. And, and, and I love that idea of inner work because it's uh, in Tantra, it's just it can happen quite quickly transformation can happen very quickly it's not like doing yoga Mm -hmm. or bodybuilding or some physical exercise it's something that you know all of a sudden something just clicks and you realize Mm -hmm. that oh it's a it's that consciousness part but because we are Mm -hmm. also human we are we have the human body human emotions human thoughts we need to also prepare that part of us not just do the spiritual consciousness uh part Mm -hmm. but and and for for men i have a son as well and i can see you know girls as well daughters but but it's interesting to see that somebody like my son who's quite sensitive but he's he's very physically strong guy it's Mm -hmm. it's even for him he's really needed to take a conscious decision to allow himself to cry and obviously you know Mm. i've raised him that boys can cry. Mm-hmm. And that's something mm-hmm. that I, I find that lots of men that I coach in sexuality is that they they feel that they can't show up their emotions, that it's 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 even in porn, you know, they never show men's face or emotions. They don't mm-hmm. even sound, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what lots of men grow up with, you know, as a this is the this is the <laughs> uh, benchmark for sex, unfortunately. Right. But it's something that, you know, if you can work that inner, the true courage that you said comes from facing your wounds and being able to show up and feeling that felt sense, that even though it's painful, if you can go through that, especially with somebody's help, it can Mm -hmm. be so nourishing and it can release so much energy. And one of the things I've noticed with men is that one of the things that they really, really crave is liberation. And it's just being able to be who they are. 
But mm -hmm. you're saying that that's the common core wound, not knowing who they are. So mm -hmm. what yeah. what can we do? What's the what does the future lie? You know, if we can really help because the thing is i believe that if we can't help that it's fine for women to do all this healing work for themselves and mm -hmm. you know and and do core wound work and the the traumas that they have and sisterhood and whatever but for men if we don't help mm -hmm. men society doesn't have mm -hmm. any chance carbo mate says that right. every single man most likely in in american prisoners are actually traumatized and Every person on this planet yeah. has had some kind of a trauma. We are all wounded by something. The question is really, how do we cope with it? What is our attitude towards it? And how can we heal it? How can we allow, how can we have that courage to, to go towards it and not trying to brush it under the carpet or bypass it? But actually, mm -hmm. where are the spaces, for instance, where we can allow this to happen in, in a safe way, where you don't lose your face, you don't lose your status as a as a manly man and 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 mm. all that it's very important right. that men have these opportunities to otherwise the society will not develop and grow into a beautiful right. safe space for everyone right yeah i mean i i agree and i and i feel like you know with my mentors and the men that started the men's work movement they they tried their best to launch us into a deeper uh, container or arena of trying to navigate this space and fortunately and unfortunately fortunately that's resulted in lots of more accessible men's work men's healing men's psychology types of things which you never would have had a hundred years ago um, but unfortunately it's resulted in those same spaces being co-opted by the wounds that men have carried in unconscious ways and continuing to perpetrate different levels of isolation and shame that just have a different, you know, suit that they wear. Uh, maybe it's a nicer suit that looks more appeasing or, you know, feels more justifiable, but it's still, you know, a new, just another garment that's hiding a lot of the isolation and shame that's underneath the surface. Um, yeah. Do you see hope? I do. Immense uh, I do in the I do in the sense that because of how things have evolved, the more and more men that have the courage to step into that and ask the harder questions, the more and more they'll begin to see that there's a different path that they have to take. Um, a, a sort of spiritual journey uh, that's you know very much a, a journey of reclaiming your body, reclaiming your intuition um, that is less concerned with what this means for quote unquote me, the ego, me, and more so concerned with what this means for, you know, what I can bring into the world as a human and what I can experience as a human if I take the risk to, you know, ask these harder questions that don't, you know, don't really make a lot of sense. Um, I'm, and there's there's, there's no precedence, isn't is is there? There isn't really a precedence. We need role models, mm -hmm. and we need we need mm -hmm. uh, people asking these questions, modeling how mm -hmm. it can be done. And you don't see that in um, entertainment. You don't see that in in media. No. Men are very much, as you said earlier, you know that in that king and warrior 
archetype. Mm -hmm. I'd like to yeah. uh, take you to the lover and the magician archetypes yeah, because, you know, I have uh, men who tend to come to me for sexual coaching. It's very much about how can I be the best lover my partner yeah. has ever had. Right. Well, even in that question, I'd be curious of how much quote unquote warrior energy they're bringing in with that question, right? Like, how can I be the best lover they've ever had? I said, well, where is that question coming from? Is it coming from a place to feel like you need to conquer or be better than or be whatever um, than everybody else before or anyone else hypothetically? Or is it a question that comes from a place of genuinely being interested in the fact that you're pursuing a human partner that is a very different body than yours that feels like a really beautiful exploration if there's ways that you can learn to show up differently that might result in something that is very blissful and experientially quote unquote better than before um so even in that question that maybe some of the men bring to you uh, yeah. i'd be curious i hear you because i i think there's a there is this uh betterment which is competitive and i've yeah. challenged that before and uh yeah. But in terms of my clients, they tend to be the latter. They tend to be the ones yeah. who genuinely want to please their partners mm -hmm. and understand yeah. that there might be a lot of healing in female bodies that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And yeah. also that there is this orgasm gap. And how can I rectify that? How can I help mm -hmm. that we both have more pleasure and she especially has more pleasure? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so... In the world of the archetypes, we're we're never meant to embody or become any one archetype. You know, if you become a warrior, True. your life is over. If you become a king, yeah. your life is over. Uh, if you <laughs> yes. become a lover, your life is over. And uh, magician we're, we're as well. A magician as well. If you become any of these things, it's bad news. Um, and Jung has volumes of stuff about this. So if you want to get into the the deep end of making sense of what I just said, you know, exploring Carl Jung's work will help you, but we're meant to tap into and connect with and move through these energies all the time. Even in this conversation, unconsciously, there's different aspects of how I might be pulling on or connecting with these different energies to try and support me here and now so that I can show up in the most you know, helpful, meaningful, authentic way. Um, and so... So it's very you know, integrated. So all of the... Basically what you're saying is what I hear is that you, you've integrated all these four different archetypes and, and obviously lots of more, you know, with the wounded mm -hmm. parts, you will most probably have to had them as well and to, right. to, to work on them. And... But you can tap into them when you feel the moment mm -hmm. is right so in a way very much what you're doing at the moment is what we call in tantra a feminine energy which is to flow have that mm -hmm. flow not the fixation not that kind of yang energy where things are yeah. very goal oriented but actually there is that energy but also consciousness which is yang so you have both mm -hmm. yin and yang in a very balanced way happening there because you understand and have the awareness and consciousness like the yang energy has but the yin is more kind of flowing between the the different mm -hmm. modalities, different archetypes, and different ways of showing up in a more integrated and full, authentic way. Right. Would that be right? Correct way yeah, of describing but, it. Yeah, that tracks with what I understand, and you know, 
when it comes to you know men, men maybe like that you work with trying to tap more into a more sexually dynamic sort of energy so that the result of their process with their partner is more maybe energetic and experientially vibrant and alive they might need to connect in with warrior energy or lover energy um and there are times when it's really important for a man or a woman to lean into a deep time of connection with a specific archetype um you know we have to go through really getting deep into what it means to be a king or a magician to be a lover or a warrior and that takes time and it takes focus and so maybe a lot of the men you're working with are trying to reclaim that lover within and so they need to really focus on that a lot and they need to maybe table or put off to the side some of the other energies so that they can really get familiar with what it means to be in and connected to the lover within and vice versa a lot of the and i think this is one of the the unfortunate shadow sides of the men's work is it's giving men a connection to warrior energy that they need and it's giving men a connection to king energy which they need and they need those dynamics to learn those things and reclaim those things but if that's all you ever do and you just get stuck there that's where the problem is um so with the men that you work with if they're asking these questions you know a lot of what i believe to be true about each archetype is they have a core kind of energy to them and one of the things i've seen to be true about the lover archetype is that there is a core energy of celebration and that the magician archetype has a core energy of curiosity um and so for men who are trying to you know better themselves better their experiences whatever that means sexually or through a tan- tantric modality you know they would need to be able to tap into celebration and curiosity that's so interesting that you say i didn't know that actually and uh, and i always start my coaching sessions with celebrations what are you celebrating today what are the mm-hmm. three things you celebrate and the whole coaching uh, modality for me is about curiosity let's get adventurous let's get mm-hmm. curious what is yeah. the expedition we're going to be doing today what can we find right. there's nothing wrong or right there's nothing negative or positive it's mm-hmm. just an adventure and so that's right. that's quite interesting because i definitely uh resonate more with the magician and the lover in my yeah. coaching work but it's sure, important to 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 have the king and warrior energy as well so what are the energies for those um Oh, now I'm going blank mentally. Uh, oh, don't worry about energy, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's the okay. King energy, um, the king energy is really about community, um, connection. And I, I think a lot of people miss that in a big way. Um, they focus on, you know, a lot of the energy of the king that's building and harnessing and cultivating and all these things, but they miss that the whole point of being a king is to is to cultivate a community that has vibrant connections that support a quote unquote you know realm or land you know with the with the very clear sure yeah king type of human manifestations of that yeah what about the warrior uh, and the warrior is about um about hope uh and the key energy of the Did warrior Did you say is hope? Mhm. 
Because when we were talking about that, just rewinding a few minutes back, you were talking yeah. about this and I said, well, do you see any hope? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know where that word came from to me, yeah. but oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What else? Um, well, hope is, it, 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 sorry, tripping over my words. Um, hope is what it is for the warrior because hope is something we catalyze into experience. Um, if we don't catalyze it into experience, it just becomes a whimsical thing that, you know, can be used against people and things like that. But then it's the warrior's job to really catalyze that hope through his own process of harnessing his own energies and the world energies around him so that it can move through him. A lot of people think, you know, you know, a man is supposed to be, he's supposed to provide, he's supposed to protect, he's supposed to dot, 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 dot. Um, which I don't disagree with, uh, but I do think is very limited and it's very immature warrior. Um, there was a person named Robert Moore who worked with Hillman and Bly and, and John, my mentor, and he wrote a book on all this stuff that's very accessible and easy to understand. Um, but he talks about the immature uh, aspects of each of these archetypes. And when a warrior energy is immature it's just fixated on like survival type of dynamics you know i have to protect my family i have to provide i have to do these things i have to get tougher i have to get stronger it's like that's all very dysregulated nervous system energy mm. but when that when there's that lots gets of that around there's so much that oh around, gosh for goodness so much around <laughs> and, you, and you referenced um you referenced gabor mate earlier and his work is really helpful in this world. Uh, he doesn't talk about archetypes per se, but he talks about these dynamics without referencing them. And so anyone who's looking into their own healing process, you know, reading Gabor Mate's work will help you start to open up your, widen your window of understanding so that you can step into that. Um, Absolutely. And also, also Peter, Peter Levin, I'd said yeah, that Peter Levin is 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 the other one that I and the uh, body mm-hmm. keeps the score. Yeah, That's I, by the um, uh, I can remember the name. Uh, Van uh, Van Bessel van der That's the one. Yeah. 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 yeah so so we can put all yeah. these books, and if you mention the book uh, that your mentor said um, is yeah. good, uh, we can put that on the show notes if you send them to me. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, just uh, shoot me a message and I'll make sure to yeah. send you a bunch of things. Thank um, you. Yeah, but yeah, uh, go go back to what you were going to say. Oh, sure. Well, I said the warrior is about hope because when hope is catalyzed, it's sustained through focus, through mastery, which are a lot of words that people use when they're talking about warrior energy. Um, it transforms societies and people's experience of life. Uh, in really beautiful ways. Um, but when the warrior energy isn't catalyzed through hope, it becomes very protective and rigid and scary and overbearing and polarizing and dichotomous in ways that aren't helpful. Um, but if you can imagine a, a man or a woman who taps into warrior or heroine energy in a healthy way, and the direction of that is hope, it's like, oh, wow. That's powerful. And that's what it's supposed to be. I have a very strong uh, uh, warrior in me. And it was something that I actually transmuted through a tantric process. A very kind of, uh, I suppose, as you said, you know, not in the sense of uh, 
but protector. It was a protective mm-hmm. part of me. But then I kind right. of did this transformation without knowing, you know, having the words, mm-hmm. but it was a process I followed. And I I have this warrior that I call Sir Lancelot, who is uh, yeah, is yeah. very much <laughs> about my inner part of my inner council, my queen's council. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. it's very much about uh, uh also protecting but there is so much hope and so much action mm-hmm. i can be quite lazy yeah. sometimes so sometimes i have to yeah. you know come on sir lancelot let's do this you know let's get this right. thing done <laughs> right so i, I quite so, like the idea of archetypes because we can tap into them as you said and mm-hmm. and i was just mm-hmm. reflecting on the women's point of view that in the societies at the moment there is a lot of stuckness in the maiden energy isn't it you know the mm-hmm. whole useful oh, yeah. thing but I suppose yeah. that could be another other episode if you want to come back oh, sure. one day. We can do another one about women. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, and my um, my fiancé actually really does a lot of work with women to help them transmute from maiden into mother energy, um, which is really cool. And her one of her primary influences um, that helped her on her own journey from breaking out of unhealthy maiden energy is a woman named Marianne Woodman. Um, super, super powerful, fascinating lady who passed a few years ago. Um, but anyone who's interested in that conversation, I would point to Marianne Woodman for sure. Um, but yeah. And I also ask something, you know, because there is obviously, we're very familiar with the um, maiden mother mm-hmm. and then the old crone. But yep. what's in the between? What is uh, the woman maiden- in between? After mother, after mother and before crone. Yes, you know that you perimenopausal, the... menopausal bitch that everybody hates. <laughs> yeah, I, I put mean, my that's hand up. Called, right, that's sometimes called the hag. Oh, I thought hag and, and crone were the same. Uh, hag and crone are the um, kind of like shadow sides. Like one's the shadow, one's the light. Uh, the maiden has like the damsel in it um, you also have the witch you know so am i am i the witch i'm or are you calling me a hag <laughs> no i'm calling you i'm not calling you any of those things no no i'm just i'm um, just joking but but what i'm trying to point out here is that we haven't really have a we haven't really and i i just wanted to know whether in the archetypal world world you would have been able to give me a name for that very powerful second spring when when a woman's yeah. children have um, grown up and they still have the creative energy, but maybe not any more mm-hmm. ability to produce more babies because the hormones mm-hmm. um, happened. And uh, and yeah. one of the things that um, I heard uh, a, a really dear coaching um, colleague of mine in Australia, Lisa Tosho, she talks about MAGA. She talks about maga mm. energy, which is a little bit like a magician. So, but it's yeah, a more kind yeah. of a positive uh, archetype for women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm not as good with this uh, as I am with the masculine ones. But you know, you have the positive witch energy, which is very powerful and very can be very like Earth Mother um, energy, which is really really helpful. Uh, you can also have the shadow side of the witch. Um, you can have the heroine, you know, we have the hero or the warrior in masculine archetypes. You have the heroine, um, MAGA makes sense. I think a lot of times what I see, uh, and if we're talking about Tantra as well, a lot of women and, and even men will refer to maybe that aspect that we're trying to find a word for as like Shakti energy. Um, 
That's a good idea. But I, I believe Shakti is something, it's like the Kundalini energy that we all have, regardless what bodies we were sure. born into. And it's it's and, and that's one sure. of the episodes I want to talk about energy is about mm-hmm. that Shakti energy, which is the 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 in yeah. you know lying at the uh, base of everybody's spine and it can be activated yeah. from there to to have the spiritual enlightenment can happen mm-hmm. through sex or it can happen through um uh, kundalini yeah. yoga or, or even an accident on your coccyx so so there yeah. are different ways that it can be activated so i wouldn't perhaps personally um, sure. be comfortable calling it a shakti for for that particular archetype but it's uh it's important yeah. to talk about these things and and have more mm-hmm. light and start kind of questioning yeah this has been yeah, an absolutely totally. amazing, amazing episode. Thank you so much for coming. I would, I would like to ask you one question. What are the, yeah. your best three tips for a man who mm-hmm. wants to become a healthy, integrated, modern man, not fixed in or bypassing any of these shadows or, or um, yeah, yeah. What would be your three tips? Yeah, where where I mean, do they I, I start? Would... Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, because I tend to work and have worked so much in the therapeutic world, I would say you have to really heal your core wounds and not just get to know them, not just to understand what happened, not even just to maybe even, quote unquote, master them or transmute them through some sort of ceremony or rites of passage, but actually really get into a process of healing them, which is multi-layered, is more spiral in dynamics than linear um, and begin to learn how to disentangle yourself from the effects of those wounds. You have a personal father wound um, and you have an archetypal or societal father wound. Uh, we, we tend to call that patriarchy um, and that affects men and women equally. Um, I think it affects ways. men a lot. And, and that's something mm-hmm. that hasn't been uh, acknowledged right. that patriarchy doesn't mean men. It's yeah. a it's a very different um, connotation, yeah. So yeah, so, 100%. yeah, definitely. Any other tips? So, yeah, so I mean, the yeah, it would be get serious about those core wounds, and then also a part of you know what I feel like is really important is begin to reclaim, reconnect with the nuances of your body. Not just work out and get strong or do ultra marathons or change your diet, but learn to tap into the whole somatic reality of what it means for you to be a person with a body. And Peter Levine's work, uh, that's what I trained in, um, is really helpful for that. Somatic experiencing work is really helpful for that. Um, different yogic practices, tantra, things like that can be very supportive of that. They're obviously really different than quote-unquote, somatic experiencing. But yeah, heal your core wounds, get back in touch with your body. And then the third one would be start to dismantle all of your concepts of spirituality and be open to being led into uh, a very (laughs) bizarre world. I love that. Say that again. Say that again. so begin to dismantle all your concepts of spirituality and be open to being led into a very bizarre world uh, that you probably won't ever get any answers for. Um, but yeah. that that can be painful. But that oh yeah, yeah. I mean it was yeah, yeah. it was for me. It was yeah. incredibly painful for me. And I think 
you know, not to go down another rabbit hole, but one of the why I focus so much on core wounding is in the mythological and the psychological sense. There's this understanding, I think yoga mirrors this as well, is that there are necessary wounds that are there to catalyze someone's human potential into its fullness uh, in this short little blip of time that we have on this planet. And then there are the unnecessary wounds or the, you know, the the pain, trauma-oriented cycles or karmic wounds that we encounter that just don't do anything for anybody. Uh, and yoga talks about unnecessary suffering and, and necessary suffering and that the, you know, the trajectory of yoga is to relieve unnecessary suffering. Um, but when you're stepping into that, like dismantling all these spiritual things, you have to change your relationship with pain. And that's where some healthy warrior energy can be used. Um, but then you also have to change your relationship with yourself so that as you move through these things, you can begin to learn from the world who you actually are. And that's a lifelong journey. And I believe that's mm. a deeply spiritual journey. It is. Uh, and that's why it's important to disentangle and dismantle all these spiritual concepts because they just, they won't serve you if you're trying to truly step into a sense of full humanness. Um, and I think that's a beautiful way to stop and uh, and yeah. finish this with those words. It's um, yeah. it's really cool that you came. Thank you so much, and uh, and yeah, also a lot of celebration for your work. You're doing yeah, absolutely you. amazing things uh, with men, and we will put your details in the in the um, show notes and that book that you mentioned. Please yeah, uh, let me know. And yeah. uh, thank you, listeners. Uh, this was Mikey Brackett as my guest today, and I am Anne Blunt, your tantric sex and relationship coach, and a host of this podcast, Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Until next time, see you soon.